0: ready for the word this morning? A few people. All right, good. We're just going to keep on rolling. I'm excited today because we are closing out a a series that I have so enjoyed speaking on. Uh, We've been, for the past five weeks, we've been talking about heirloom has been our our topic, and uh, we've been talking about living a life where you can leave a legacy. An heirloom... Many of you have an heirloom in your home. Just nod at me if you have an heirloom of some sort. An heirloom is something of value that's been passed down from one generation to another generation. And the value is not in the value of the item. The value is in the passing down. Because it could be a home. It could be a, a clock. It could be a car. Or it could be a blanket. It could be a quilt that someone gave you. It's an, the value is in the passing down. The fact that someone took enough care of it to pass it down. And that's the vision of this series, that we want to talk about how do we want to live our life as a church and the legacy that we want to pass to the next generation. What's the mark that we want to make on this city? How many want to make a mark on on Nashville? I'm talking about, I want to know, we've been talking about the Tennessee that God sees. I, I want to see the Tennessee that God sees, and I want to be a part of making a mark on this great state. Amen? We get a chance to do that. So we're talking about our legacy. What do we leave? What do we pass down to the next generation? And then I've encouraged you to think about your legacy as an individual. What are you going to be passing down to the next generation? Let me recap just a little bit a couple of things we've talked over the last three weeks because some of you have missed it. If you have missed, I want to encourage you to go back and listen or watch online to these messages. Do you know the average churchgoer in America attends one and a half times a month? Did you know that? The average churchgoer in America, they call themselves a churchgoer. They attend one and a half times a month. So now you know why we'll say things four weeks in a row, all right? You're tired of it, but we're trying to get everybody, all right? So uh, let me recap just a little bit. Number one, legacy is about living selflessly. If you want to leave a legacy, you must be a selfless person. You can't just think about you and yourself. You've got to think about the next generation. And the greatest way to live a selfless life is by serving. And the greatest place that you could ever serve is in God's house. Go back and listen to next week, uh, last week. Go back and listen to next week because we're incredible (laughs) like that, okay? You will not believe how great we are at tech, okay? We're so good. Go back and listen to last week uh, where we talk about what David meant ...when he said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. How many were here last week? Uh-huh. Tell them, y'all need to go listen to it, right? Or maybe they don't. It's kind of gross. But anyway, living a life of legacy is about living selflessly. And then legacy is about giving generously. If you're going to leave a legacy, you got to be a generous person. It can't be all about you. you got to be thinking about other people. Last week, we started talking about some ways that we can give generously... And let me bring those up for you. Giving generously means making it a priority. If you want to be a generous giver, you have to make it a priority. I want to hit this a little bit more in a minute. The next thing we talked about last week is that giving generously requires intentionality. Nobody gives by accident. Right? You just don't. I'm not talking about when you left that tip when you added a zero you didn't mean to add. All right? Because you were upset you did it. So that's not giving. Nobody gives by accident. Matter of fact, you've got to decide to be a generous person. We make generosity really romantic sometimes. But you have to make a conscious decision to be a generous person. 2 Corinthians 9 and 7 says, You must each decide in your own heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives Cheerfully, Everybody say cheerfully. God loves happy, cheerful, generous people. Will he take money from a grump and a grouch? Yes. But he loves a person who gives cheerfully. But you cannot give cheerfully until you've been intentional about that. So make it a priority and then make a plan, which brings me to our topic today. Giving generously requires strategy. So giving generously requires priority, it requires intentionality, and it requires strategy. I asked those of you last week, how many of you love a strategy? Raise your hand if you like a strategy. And then I said, well, you're going to love this Sunday. And then those of you that didn't raise your hand, you really need to listen to this because you need a strategy. Because you just want to, I want to float. I want to float. No, you need a strategy. That's what you need. Look at your neighbor and say, you need a strategy, baby. Come on, some of y'all didn't look at your neighbor. You don't like them? What y'all fussing on the way to church? Look at them. Say you need a strategy. So let me give you let me give you some generosity strategy. You can write that down in your notes. Generosity strategy. Number one, we talked about this last week a little bit. Be a priority giver. Be a priority giver. Priority giving means that you have giving in the proper place. Giving is not down here or out here. Giving is in its proper place. And the way that you do that is, number one, get God in the right order. If I want to be a priority giver, the first thing i got to do is I've got to get God in the right order. And let me tell you where God is. God is first. The old songwriter said, if he's not Lord over everything, he's not Lord at all. You can't just have him Lord of some things in your life. He's got to be at the very top, and everything filters through that. That's how I like to see it. I like to see God as a filter. Jesus is a filter, where he's at the top of my life, and everything that comes through it, whether it's finance or family or my vacation, whatever it is, it's all filtering through him. I want, I want everything that I do to be centered about, around him. He is first. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Putting him up front. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to it. So I'm I'm putting him first. So that means that in my finances, that's the priority. The first thing I do is giving. I'm giving to him and to his kingdom. One of the greatest ways to do that, this is very practical, but make giving the first thing you do each pay period. Make that the very first thing, right off the top. Before everything else, this is what I'm doing. It's putting God first. It's called a tithe. It's a 10%, but it's also a first fruit. I'm taking that, I'm putting that, and I'm taking that. That tells me where where, where my priorities are. I, I spoke on this last week, and we had a, a gentleman, uh, a gentleman that I talked to the next week that's, that that has been very successful in his business. And he said that he and his wife, and they're great givers, and he said on the way home, his wife said, do you remember when we made the decision to give our tithe at the very beginning when we were first married and we didn't have enough money to buy a hamburger? Remember when we did that? He said we did it and we stayed true to it. And that he said, I can't even, I can't even count the blessings that have happened in my life. And he said, it always comes where you don't think it's going to come. like. Suddenly, there's an insurance check that comes in. Suddenly, it, just, it says God is just all over it. We've got young couples that are here that have, can tell you stories, older couples that can tell you stories. When they made the decision to put their giving to God and his kingdom first, everything else just opens up. Can I hear an amen from the givers today? So what this does by getting God in the proper order and giving, it shows that you trust. It shows who you trust. Do you trust yourself and what you're going to do with your money, or do you trust God? Matter of fact, Jeremiah said, you're not going to be up there. You just have to trust me. I think it's Jeremiah 17 that says the man who trusts in man will wither up and die. But the man who trusts in God is going to blossom and flourish, and his leaves will never fall, and the fruit will never fail. I trust God. So it shows who you trust, and it also shows what you value. What you give to first shows what you value. Look at Matthew 6 and 19. Y'all doing good today? Good, all right. Matthew 6 and 19. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal and hackers hack. I don't know if it's in there, but it should be. Store, (laughs) Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Here it is. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So putting God and giving to God first shows who you trust and it shows what you value. So put God in the right order. The next thing I would talk to you about priority giving is put your finances in the right order. Okay? Now, a few less amens on that. When I was talking about getting God in the right order, uh you tell them, let me talk to you about getting your finances in the right order. Because you're not going to be a generous giver. You can't be a generous giver if your finances aren't in the right order. So let me give you real quick some really simple steps. Number one, make a financial plan. Make a financial plan. One of the great regrets I have is that we did not do that earlier. All right? Let me tell you, make a financial plan. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. Start it right now. And if you don't know how to do it, find a professional to help you out. Find you somebody, pay them, hire them, whatever you gotta do to get you a financial plan. Number two, decrease your debt. Amen. Yeah. Ain't gotta get rid of all of it, just start. Remember what we said last week, the best place to start is somewhere. somewhere, all right? Just start decreasing your debt. Start paying some things down, get some things down. If you're not in debt, don't get into debt. Yeah. Do everything you can to stay out of it. And if you need help with this, we, we live in Dave Ramsey International, okay? It's easy. Just roll up to his office and knock on the door. And say, I need some help, Dave, okay? Now, literally, though, we have people in our church that can help you with that. We have small groups. We have people that can help you work through this. Second, Thirdly, save. Save some money. Put some money aside. Four, build wealth. Start building some wealth. Do what you got to do. So what are you doing? Make a financial plan, decrease your debt, save, build wealth. But all of this with a mindset that you want to be able to give. I'm not decreasing debt and saving so I have more. I'm doing it so I can be a generous person. How many of you have ever said, man, I wish I had the money just to go buy them a car? Wouldn't you? I wish I had the money just to go get that guy a house or get that person. You can't because you haven't put a plan together. So put a plan together, set aside and say when the time happens. One of the great decisions Chris and I did make when we first got married, we decided that we were going to give 20% away. So 10% was our tithe and then we did another 10% and at that point we were traveling all over so we were at a different church every week and so we didn't have a church we had a a church that we tithed to but then our offerings, we were not at that church and so we would just look for needs like that other 10%, man there would be a missionary or somebody hurting or whatever man it was just sitting there waiting for us just to give it away so that's a good plan and that's why we've been blessed I mean that's I mean you see how wealthy we are you see how good-looking we are and healthy and fit I do blame a lot of it on that so be a priority giver all right you ready what's my next step in being in a in a generosity strategy be a percentage giver be a priority giver be a percentage giver. What do you mean by that? I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. Percentage giving means giving based on percentage instead of an amount. So sometimes it's easy to say, we're going to give this amount, but really not look at what that amount is a percentage of. And sometimes when you focus on the amount, two things happen. You can become discouraged because it isn't a lot, right? You just you become discouraged like, man, this is not hardly anything. And there are some folks that don't give because they think either they can't give or they think that what they give will not matter. But if you do it on a percentage based base, then you're not comparing yourself to someone else. So get that out of your mind. God, God wants all of us to give because we need to give, no matter how much it is, because it breaks the greediness off of our life. The other thing can happen is when you focus on the amount, you have the potential to become prideful if you feel like you're giving a lot. Man, we're doing pretty good, you know. I mean, we're helping this church stay alive, you know. We're helping our nonprofit. All this thing, it just becomes this thing like we're giving here. But statistics show that overall, as people increase in their wealth, their percentage of giving goes down. Did you hear me? Overall, as people increase in their wealth, their percentage of giving goes down. They have more, but they give less percentage-wise. Why? Because the amount of money that they give is going up, so they rationalize that they're being generous, while in reality, if you compare their percentage with someone else's percentage... They are giving less than someone with less to give. So percentage giving. And that's why, that's why God set the whole thing up in percentage. Why it's, a, it's a 10% because he knows we're not real smart, okay? And it's just a simple thing. Start there. Listen to me. You cannot evaluate your giving in terms of dollars because a dollar has different values for different people. What I may spend money on easily, there'd be other people in the church who go, oh my God, you bought what for that? you paid that for that? Does that make sense? It has different values for for different people. Look at what Luke 21 and one says. While Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. And he said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them. Or one translation said, she has given by far the largest offering today. For for they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. The message says, she gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. She gave her all. So the dollar has completely... So you had people that were bringing large gifts and walking away. Look what I did. And here's this little lady that brought these two coins. And amount-wise, this looks a lot more, but percentage-wise, God said, she has given more than the rest of them altogether. Luke 12, 48 says this, when someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. To whom much is given, much is required. Pastor Andy Stanley I heard a quote from him. He said, "This percentages are a great great, a great way because he can't talk real well. I love him, but he he can't. He's like a like a Elmer Fudd kind of thing sometimes." As Andy Stanley says, percentages are a great way to know if you have control of your money or if your money has control of you. So what percentage should you give? Well, we encourage everyone to start with 10% because the Bible has a lot to say about the tithe, which means 10%. Uh, Percentage giving is also a great way to get in the habit of tithing. So if you've never been raised as a tither, being a percentage giver is a great way to get into that habit. And it gives you a place to start. So when we say 10%, you may go, oh my God, how could I ever do that? Well, it's not legalistic. We're not going to kick you out. It's not like hell next week if you don't tithe, okay? We talk about tithing because it says, the Bible says it opens the windows of heaven over your life. And I want you to get that. Just like we would tell you don't eat bad food and don't go around uh, sleeping with people all over. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an important thing, right? Makes sense? It's good for you. All the commandments are for our betterment. They're not just so God can say, No. Or give me. It's all for us to be better people. So start somewhere. So if 10% is too much, start with 7. Start with 5. Start with 1. Again, the best place to start is somewhere. So pick a percentage, and then here's what I want you to do. I want you to watch how God blesses you. Just pick a percentage and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. For the next several months... Next, next month, next six months, as a family, we're going to give 10%. Or we're going to give, five, or we're going to give 15%. We're going to, here's what we're going to do. And then watch God blesses you. And I know that soon you're going to see an increase in your giving because of the blessings of God. Which brings me to number three in our strategy of generosity. So number one, be a priority giver. Number two, be a percentage giver. And thirdly, be a progressive giver you're taking notes, write that down. Be a progressive giver. Progressive giving means that you continue to grow in your generosity as you grow in your faith. Did you hear me? Progressive giving means as I grow in my faith, I'm going to grow in my generosity. And as your financial situation increases throughout your life, you increase your giving percentage along with it. As you get out of debt and you get more wealth and you, you, have, you, you get access to more things and you got more smart, then let your giving begin to grow. If you've been giving the same percentage for most of your life, consider raising it because life is not stagnant. Neither should our giving. Life is progressive in nature, right? Unless you just have a bad luck, something happens bad to you, most of us are supposed to be gaining wealth as we get older. So let our giving grow with that. And as you grow in your spiritual maturity, grow in your generosity. I'm going to say that again. As you grow in your spiritual maturity, grow in your generosity. And what this does is this allows us as a church to grow in our generosity which will allow us to go from being a good church to being a great church. And a great church is made up of great people doing great things, and a great church is a church that leaves a legacy. How many want to leave a legacy today? Amen? I want you to take this card that was on the seat when you came in, and we've talked about this for the last three weeks. I want you to take this card out. When we first started The Hills, we, we talked a lot about vision offering. How many were part of us when we had a vision offering? Remember that? And we gave toward the vision that, that God has for us as a, as, a, as a church. Well, now that we have had our seventh year birthday uh, and our overse- overseers and our pastoral team, we met and prayed about, what is our next seven? What is our next 70? What do we, we want to do? And we felt led that we should change the name to Legacy Offering or Legacy Fund uh, because that is what we want to do. We want to be able to leave a legacy for the next generation. How do we want to hand off what God has given us to the next generation? And this fund, and I want to make this very clear, this fund is going to, to, number one, go toward us acquiring the buildings that God has for us. You notice I said they're plural, right? Because from the very beginning of our church, we had uh, uh, prophetic voices in our life that said, God has already set aside buildings for you as a church. They're already there. So we're not worried about them, okay? We know they're out there and they're waiting on us. So this fund is going to go to, this is not about one building. This is about buildings that God has for us. The first building is just going to be that, the first. It's going to be a cornerstone for us, all right? So everybody say, Buildings. Buildings that God has for us. And secondly, this legacy fund is going to allow us to minister to the needs that we feel led to give toward. So as things begin to open up, we have nonprofits and we have ministries right here in our own church that we want to be able to help them. We have foster parents in our own church. We have missions organizations in our own church. We want to partner with them and help them do what God's called them to do. So that's what this legacy fund is going to be. So we're starting a three-year campaign, and it's going to be a three-year pledge. And I'm asking for each of you to do something for me. In a few weeks, this is going to be a pledge card. Everybody say pledge card. pledge card. But right now, this is going to be a prayer card. How many of you have been, how many of you have already had this at home praying over it? All right, that's what we've asked you to do. I've asked you to take this home and put it somewhere where you see it every day. For me, it's on my desk where I study and where I do book work, everything that I do. And that, that my hands have been all over it. When you show back up in a few weeks and you've written your pledge on it, I want it to be dirty, all right? Get your fingerprints on it. Get your kids licking on it. Chewing on it, just chewing on it. I want it to have some use to it. I want when you turn in for us just to go, okay, let's just drop that over here. Because I want us praying about this. Remember, it takes strategy. It takes prayer. It's not just just giving quickly. We're thinking about this, and we're praying about this. We get to build a legacy together, ladies and gentlemen. Did you hear me? You're not going to do it by yourself. I'm not going to do it by myself. We get to do this together. So I want you to take that card out. I want to pray over you right now, okay? Take that card out and just hold it up. Just hold it up. Everybody, even if you're stingy and not going to give, okay? I'm teasing with you. Not really. Kind of. Come on, take that card out. I want you to hold it up. Lord, I thank you right now that you've allowed us to be a part of this. You've called us, Lord, to great things, and we know that. God, this is such a good church and a generous church. But, Lord, I thank you that you've called us to even greater. You've called us to more. And we want to do what you've called us to do. God, one of our missions is to be a church that that is facilitating and a venue for abundant life. And we want to see that, God. We don't want to just be getting by. We, we We want to be an abundant living church, able to meet crazy big needs. I want to do that, Lord. So I thank you, Lord, for the generosity of your people. And I thank you that you're going to speak to us. You're going to tell us exactly what you want us to do as a church over these next three years. And God, I also thank you that you're going to move on hearts of people that have the means to give big, to move this thing way down the field. You're going to move on their hearts in Jesus' name. Lord, they may not even be here today. They may not even attend the hills. I'm believing, Lord, that you're going to move on people that don't even go to our church. You're going to move from people in other states and other countries that want to be a part of what God is doing in Itville, in Nashville, Tennessee. They want to be a part of building something for the kingdom. I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you, God, for your blessings that you're going to pour out. You're already pouring out on us. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Amen. Now put that down. Put it in your Bible. Put it in your purse. Fold it up. Put it in your back pocket, wherever you're not going to forget it, okay? Now I want you to close your eyes. I want to give you an opportunity today for those that want to make a fresh start with Jesus Christ. So no one looking around. No one moving around. Come on. Right here. This is important. This is why we do what we do. Thank you Jesus. Today when I was talking about being a person that puts God in the right order. Maybe that spoke to you. Maybe that something in your heart is a conviction, said man. That that's I've had God. I've had God fourth or fifth. Even second is the wrong place for him. And today, I want to make a commitment that God's going to be first in my life. We call them fresh starts here because that's exactly what happens. Whenever you say to him, when you pray a prayer, and you say, Lord, I believe in my heart, I confess with my mouth that you are Lord, and I want you to be my Lord, he gives you a fresh start. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We believe that can happen supernaturally right here today just by a prayer that you pray and the belief in your heart. So if that's you today, if you want to make Jesus first in your life, either for the first time or you want to make a recommitment today, would you just right now with nobody looking around, just raise your hand up really high and hold it up. I want to make a fresh start with Jesus Christ today. I want to make him first in my life. Nobody else, nothing else. There's nobody like him. Thank you. Come on, anyone else today? Just, I want to I recommit my life. I see you. Yeah, that's awesome. And you, yes, great. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right, everybody, put your hand down. Open your eyes. Come on, look at me. Look at me. Man. Come on, let's pray this prayer together. Repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, today's your day. I give it to you. Forgive me for making it about me. Today I'm yours. I take you from way down on the list and I put you first. I want to love you with everything that I have. Come on, everybody. I want to love you with everything I have. Forgive me of my sins. Cover me with your blood. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I want everything that comes with it. Make me a generous person. Thank you for an abundant, overflowing, and eternal life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, everybody, take a deep breath and shout amen. Come on. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate with these folks that made fresh starts today.